So I thought I would talk to you today about holy imagination. Holy imagination from Psalm 104. <clears throat> so if you'll turn there, we'll, uh, we'll look at that psalm today. I like the psalms uh, because they speak to the human condition. Uh, just personally, the Psalms are often uh, dialogues between God and a holy person. This is what you got to understand about the scriptures. The Bible says that the scriptures were written by holy men of God as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That does not mean that women cannot be moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. It just, amen. <laughs> Thought I'd clear that up for you know, if there's any of that lingering, hopefully not. But you know how it is. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible is written by men. This, well, yeah, right. So God refers to wisdom in the feminine. So it taps into a man's feminine side. Now everybody says, what's coming next? Ah, <laughs> Exhale. Everybody wait and exhale. Go on, let your, let your air out. Say, Whew, there's nothing else coming. Yes, there is. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, um, God is male and female. He said he made man in his image, male and female. So the image of a female must be in God. Come on now. Let's, let's loosen up here. Let's get some wisdom. But he speaks as wisdom in the feminine. Amen. So there's no big or small thing in God. It's male and female, all wise, all knowing, all powerful. And we as human beings are created in his image, male and female. And he didn't make any mistakes when he created us, male and female. Amen. He didn't make a man wrapped in a woman's body, and he didn't make a woman wrapped in a man's body. He made them male and female from the beginning. Amen. What happens is the devil comes in in the middle and gets people mixed up. Confusion comes in because of Satan. Sexual confusion is rampant in the world today. Now, add to that uh, influence of witchcraft through drugs, which is very, very common. You know, drugs can make you think you're anything. Mm -hmm. And stick with it and believe it. Go carry it out, all that kind of stuff. And so it has to do with what God created from the beginning. He didn't make any mistakes on anybody. He created us male and female. And the beauty of it is that if you make contact with the Creator... Even though you may be confused, he'll straighten you out. Get you straight. Amen. He'll make you straight. Somebody got it. Amen. So that's your answer for confused people. Is God who will make you straight. Amen. Make you straight. So in Psalm 104, we see the imagination of a holy man as he was moved by a holy God. The Bible says all scripture is profitable, man. It's all good, and it'll all do you good if you'll understand the scriptures. 
So in Psalm 104.1, it says, praise the Lord, my soul. So the writer here, in his holy imagination, is commanding his soul to praise God. Now, why would your soul need to be commanded to praise God? Because he won't do it on his own. Your soul on his own will tell you to go and rob somebody, go punch somebody out, go tell somebody off. Nobody loves you. They jealous of my gift. They jealous of my rings. They jealous of my, you know what I'm saying. Your soul will do everything but magnify the Lord. Your soul will get you in a lot of trouble. If there isn't help for your soul. The Bible describes Jesus as the lover of our souls. Huh? Your soul needs a lover. Not so much your body, but your soul. Oh, now here y'all got quiet again. I ain't going nowhere with that. Just write that down like I gave it to you. And pretend I ain't got nothing to follow it up with. <laughs> huh? We get everything loved but our souls. I just want somebody to love me for me. Huh? Now that sounds goofy, but we'd all then thought it. We've all said it. You have people in your life that you feel love you and you love them, but something ain't quite right. I'm going out of this door. I ain't talking to you. Everybody, I ain't going to commit on that one. I'm going to wait till she gets to something else that sounds more holy. I'll commit to that. Huh? But people change partners in marriage. They leave relationships. They do all because of this. You Nobody loves you. Loves your soul. Huh? Nobody, you know what loving your soul means? It means putting you at ease about you. Human beings can't do that for one another. I don't know why we keep trying. We keep trying anyway. But human beings cannot do that for one another. Nobody can put you at ease about you but God. Huh? And so many times we'll find God a little bit and then run to people for what God can give us. Huh? He'll get started giving you understanding and giving you reassurance and giving you strength and giving you dignity and all of these things. And then we run out and find another human being and start comparing ourselves in their eyes and get it all messed up again. Then when they jilt us or leave us and, you know, broke down and, and rejected, broke, busted, disgusted, whatever it is, that they leave us to fragments sitting on the roadside on the side of the Jericho Road waiting for a good Samaritan to come, come along and put us back together again. Huh? Then we go back crying out to God again. Huh? We've got to fix you from that damaged relationship. Bless you, son. You can relax. Bless you. Huh? You understand what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, it's just a fact of life. That's why the Psalms are here. To tell us that you can command your soul to stop the nonsense. 
Quit putting yourself down. Quit hating everybody. Quit feeling insecure. Quit feeling intimidated by everybody that you think has got it all together and they're barely hanging on. Huh? Quit trying to bluff your way through life. Trying to make everybody think you got it going on and you know what's going on and you got it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just make your soul quit. Command your soul to stop the nonsense and give it a rest. You know, put it on neutral for a minute and begin to exalt the Lord. Now, why is that the answer for everything? Well, Barb, you don't understand, see. I sometimes when I when I be alone with the Lord, I just be meditating. You better get things in right perspective. Huh? You can meditate on the wrong thing and think you got God. But in 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 the Psalms you're taught the proper way to put things in the right perspective. And that is you begin by exalting the Lord. You begin by lifting him up. Why do you exalt the Lord? Does he need you to pump him up? Is God insecure? He wants to make sure everybody down here knows who he is so he can feel better about himself. When you exalt the Lord, you tell him that you respect how great he is. You begin a a discussion with God. You begin a, a kind of relationship or dialogue with God that puts God in his proper place in the earth, in your mind, in your life. It puts God where he rightfully belongs when you exalt the Lord. When you lift him up, when you say that, you're not positioning him to a place where he's not. You're acknowledging the place where he is. And so that puts everything, it shifts everything in right perspective. So you're not on the throne of your brain and on the throne of your life trying to pay your bills and take care of everybody and run everybody's business and pray for everybody and keep the world together. But you've got God in his rightful place in your soul. Your mind starts to think about God the way he really is. And that brings everything into proper alignment and proper perspective. When you're worried, when you're depressed, when you have cares, it's because God's not in his rightful place in your mind. Your soul thinks you're in charge. That's a frightening thought. (laughs) We got all these people running around in charge. You see what I'm saying? Well, God's in charge. So when you exalt the Lord, your soul, you make your soul bless God. You know what blessing God means? Talk about him like he really is. He's not your problem. He's not the one that's keeping you from doing things or not giving you what you deserve or didn't bless you the last time you gave $3 in the offering or whatever it is. You understand what I'm saying. Come on now. That $3 didn't even move you. How's it going to move God and he's immovable? Well, get it Monday, okay? That's just tomorrow. You only got to wait overnight to get huh? But the human soul is uplifted by blessing God. Why is that? What we give him, he gives back to us. He's the only one who'll do that to you. He's the only one who'll do that for you. 
people will say, well, I, I give my kids everything. Maybe I do too much for them. Maybe you need to give them God. Know what they really need. See, your soul won't have these misgivings about what I do and I never get any back. And, you know, your soul, when you bless God, when your soul lifts up Jesus, when you put God in his rightful place, when your mind begins to meditate on who God is and his greatness and how he controls everything and pulled everything into place in the universe, you get yourself positioned in your rightful place. And you begin to see God as he really is, all-powerful, all-knowing, to be trusted, to be loved and adored, merciful, gracious, and kind, ever-giving, ever-forgiving. He has an advocate placed on the throne who goes to bat for you. Every time you get up in the morning, Jesus goes to bat for you. Wondering what you need today. I wish they would tell me what they need today so I can get it to them. That's what an intercessor does. Well, think about it. That's what we do. If you pray for people, you many times will call them and wonder what it is that they need. So that you can make sure that you ask God or petition God so they can receive it. Well, that's what Jesus does for us. Every day when he wakes you up, what is on his mind is getting into your hands what you need for the day. Y'all act like you don't believe me. I mean, I, I don't know what, how else I can tell you. What do you think an intercessor is? Somebody who goes between a source and a need and brings the two together. He bears an olive branch, a peace between two factions that may be at odds against each other. You might be in a foul mood this morning, don't want to pray, don't want to do nothing. But Jesus is waiting for you to cry out to him so that he can bring to you what you need from the Father God. He sits there ministering. The Bible says he is a high priest over our confession, profession, whatever you profess to be and confess to be. He's a high priest over that. He ministers over that. He watches over your words. So he can perform your words for good in your life. He's not thinking about the nonsense we talk when we're in a bad mood. He's more concerned about bringing the blessing into our lives if we will allow him to stand in that place and give him something that he can minister over so that he can bless you and bring needs to your life. That's what he does. The Bible says he forever lives to make intercession. He's running interference for us. He's watching our words. He's watching our moods. He's watching our needs. Prompting us by the Holy Spirit to ask for what we need. And be bold about it. And be confident in it. And be full of faith and full of expectation that will bring it to us. You're not just shooting up words there and they falling back down. There's somebody there who ministers over your words, who interprets that need to the Father God. He puts a a, a rush on it if you need it in a hurry. If he wants you to develop your faith in an area, he puts a delay on it so you can develop your faith. Because he is confident. What do you think you're developing faith for? This isn't a game where he's, uh, I'm just going to not give it to them to see how they can sweat and see if they keep that. That's not developing your faith. 
Developing your faith is coming up to the stature of Christ. Being able to live without every little thing you want to beg for and you want to ask for for a few days and trust that God has it for you. So that you can live as royalty instead of living like paupers. He doesn't want us living like you know, people standing there. I go and see people in lines all the time. They're welfare in lines and food banks in lines. That's not you. He didn't call you to stand in no line. He's standing there for you in your place and he'll send it to your front door. Make your soul bless God. Make your soul think of God as he really is. He's great. He's bigger than anything you've ever seen, heard of, or know about. And he's good. He's on your side. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. What does that mean? That means that you don't live by what you see down here. You live higher. Our problem is we want to see too much. We want to see it first and then believe. God's trying to get you into a place where you live out of expectation of good. So that you don't have to have it all around you all the time. Like the guy who had a a great crop of corn and he went and built another barn to, to hold more stuff in and it all began to perish. You live with a bank in heaven that you can draw from at any time. All you got to do is obey the commandments of God and trust God. He'll send you what you want in abundance. Whenever you need all you got to do is expect and believe him to do it. Live in harmony with God. It's not hard to live in harmony with God. He gives us everything we need to live for him. So in Psalm 104, he says, listen, soul, praise the Lord. Get it in gear. Let yourself exalt the Lord. And he says here, you be, when you would exalt the Lord, you tell him how great he is according to what he says about himself in the word. So really exalting the Lord just means repeating his word back to him about himself. When you lift him up, he'll lift you up. Whatever you sow toward God, he sows back to you. If you exalt the Lord, then God will be great in your situation. He will be great in your mind. He'll be great in your life. He'll be as he really is. When we are burdened with problems and things of that nature, we're not putting God in his rightful place. We've got God somewhere when probably not even considered. All we're considering is what the problem is. Who's messing with us? Who's uh, who's who do we owe? What do we need? What do we want? And we still got to wait for it. We can't get this when we when we live in that realm, we refuse to exalt the Lord and put him in his rightful place. So you get stuck with your burdens. You get stuck with your problems. You get stuck with you being the only one who can do anything for you. Because I can't call so and so because they didn't loan me no money the last time. And I can't, you know, got a list of don't calls. So you got to rely on yourself and yourself alone. But when you exalt the Lord, all of that gets washed away in his greatness. All of it gets thrown to the side. And all you have is his majesty and his splendor confronting you. When you're confronted with God's greatness, you're supposed to bow down and worship him. 
So your soul begins to worship the Lord and bless his name. Lord, I thank you that you're the God of all flesh and nothing is too hard for you. Lord, they're trying to fire me from my job. Every time I go in there, they're writing me up and telling me I'm not doing this right and I'm not that right. Oh, Lord, I bless you. I put you high and lifted up. You own everything. You own my job. You own my boss. You own me. You own everything. Come to my aid. You promised me this job. You know I need an income. Come to my aid and my rescue. Take yourself out of being responsible for everything in your life. And exalt the Lord. When you exalt him, you recognize who you are in him and who you are to him. So you have nothing to fear by putting everything in his hands. The problem is with people is they're trying to get God to do things and don't lift him up where he is. You don't put him in the right place. See, you put God in his proper place in your life, in the universe. You exalt the Lord. You'll know he's good to you and he only means you good. You won't be afraid. God's not. Well, God may not do that for me because I done done so. That when you exalt the Lord, you don't have that kind of mentality. See, because you know your sins are forgiven. When you lift him up high, you know your sins are forgiven and washed away. And there's no trace of him anymore. He's not holding anything against you any longer. He is for you. If you don't know that, then repent. Tell him you're sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. I know I went in there mad at my boss and I might have cussed a few people out. But Lord, please forgive me and let them people know I mean that stuff. Or something. Huh? They might say you bipolar for a couple days, but they keep you on the payroll. You understand It is what it is. You know, people in the world think whatever they think based on what they know. See, they don't know you. But God does. And he knows there's more to you than that one bad day you had at job. There's more to you than that. He's always the God who forgives and gives you a second, a third, and a fourth chance. He don't fire you because you make a couple of mistakes. The human soul is uplifted by lifting up God. What you do toward him, he does toward you. It says here in verse 2, the Lord said, Lord, my God, verse 1, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. That means he's clothed with, he's endowed with great power, with the highest power in the universe. Don't be afraid to address the one who has all power. Because if you go to him, you won't have to go to three or four different people for one thing. Huh? You know, it's one thing about, I can remember when I was a kid, my parents, you know, my dad would, would drink and we would be on welfare off and on and stuff like that. And, you know, he'd go down and file papers and, well, I didn't see the right person today. I got to go see. Oh, bless the Lord on my soul. Huh? You get the right person when you bless him. Huh? You get the right person when you bless the Lord. You don't have to go down four and five days in a row. I remember him trying to get money for us to have groceries. It took a week and then you had to wait for another month to get money. You don't do that with God. When you exalt him, you reach the highest person. 
Somebody will bring you a check and put in your hand. You go to church that day. Somebody will shake your hand and leave $20 in there. I don't care how God is. He'll get it to you. And don't curse the method. See, I heard that. I want to get my own. That is your own. Whose hand did they put it in? Huh? It's God just showing you how he works. He's God. He get it to you anyway. And see, that takes the worry out of it for you. Because you don't have to go ask anybody for anything. All you got to do is exalt the Lord. Put him in his rightful place and let him do what he do. Be God in your life. Huh? If he sees your need is desperate, he'll have somebody just get in the morning. I was getting ready to turn in um, to go to sleep. It was like two in the morning. And the Lord told me, he said, send this man of God some money. And I'm thinking, it's two in the morning. Well, see, you can do everything electronically now, so you don't have to. And I didn't know how I said, sure enough, I texted him, man of God, God told me to do something for you. How do I do it? He was awake. You know what he was doing? Praying for money. Are you kidding me? You think God won't do that for you? So God raised a standard on me. You know my standard was $100 used to be. It ain't no more. You understand what I'm saying? He said, give him $200. Huh? One person, $200. Yeah, that's God. Don't keep playing. Keep, quit looking at him on the 10 and $20 level, folks. Let's stop that now. He's got much more than that. See, everything I have belongs to God anyway. It don't bother me who I give it to. Huh? Well, not much. <laughs> you caught me, It's all right. But you understand what I'm saying. You've got to be obedient to God. He never has a problem. That's why some people are big givers because God knows they can, he can trust them. They keep giving over. and He knows it's not like a once a year Christmas thing. You know how we get nervous at Christmas because we got to give. Yes, preach. Huh? You serve God, you'll be a continual giver. You won't get nervous at Christmas. It's like another day to you. You understand what I'm saying? We get in a cramp because we got to give a Christmas gift. God wants people who give all the time. It's Christmas every day to him. So the human soul is uplifted by blessing the Lord. The majesty and splendor of God is who he really is. Things like things, words you can't define. How do you define majesty? How do you define splendor? Those are words beyond definition. They're in, they're in the dictionary because somebody has to have a place to put words that you can't have words for. Absolutely. Majesty and splendor. Those things describe God. Huh? He's splendid. What does that mean? I don't know what that means, Barb, but it sounds good to me. He sounds like he everything I could use right now. So that's the way God wants us to think about him. The human soul needs a healthy reality of who God is. We need a reality of God to reflect on. 
When you start to reflect on God's goodness, it gives you hope. You think, man, if I could just tap into some of that. huh? That's where your hope comes. Comes from God in understanding who he really is. How great he is. How marvelous he is. How wonderful. You can't predict what he would do from day to day, but you know it's going to bless you. You know it's going to be good. You know it's going to work for you. He's not your enemy. He's your friend. He's always our friend. I don't care how we treat him. He's our friend all the time. Because he has a covenant of friendship with us. So we stop speaking. We, you know, get attitude. We, But he's still your friend. A friend sticks closer than a brother. Huh? He sticks closer than a brother. You know how you can stick your brother up for something? <laughs> or your sister? <laughs> you know what? I'm coming over there. I need so and so and such and such. Open the cupboard, open the closet, open it. And they just willingly just, you know, give you everything. Certain of them. <laughs> you know, some, of, some of them you got to work a little bit. But you, you're family. God sticks closer than that. That means that you don't have to work him for nothing. His cupboards are wide open the minute you come in. Every time you come in, it's, it's, everything is wide open and revealed for you. It's yours for the asking. you got to trust him, though. But I'm telling you, exalting him puts him in a place of trust. It puts him in a place of utmost trust in our lives and in our minds. When we reflect on the reality of God... Then we adopt a true image of God and everything else in our minds comes into subjection to that truth. God is good and his mercy endures forever. What does that mean? That means that even though you don't do everything right, you know his mercy endures forever. So whatever else he might have felt about what you did, who you wronged, where you messed up, What you stole, how much of you you stole, that feeling that he has or whatever he thinks, that never lasts. That's not his lasting impression of you. His lasting impression is that he loves you and he wants to help you to live at a higher level than what you're living right now. You understand me? He always is bringing us up into a higher level and a higher place. He's bringing us up to where he is. He wants his children to live on a plane that he has ordained for us, not live in a place where we think we deserve or where the devil has told us we belong or where somebody else has told us we belong. We resent it when people put us down. God's always lifting us up. Why would you serve somebody who puts you down all the time? Huh? And so when God is, is on the throne and he's exalted, then our image of him is a good reflection. It's a true reflection. You bring your mind into subjection to the truth of who God is. Verse 2, we see God created all things. Interesting. He created all things. It says the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. So the light that we see, the stars and the moon and all the lights in heaven, it's like God's wearing those. That's how majestic he is. He creates these things and he clothes and wraps himself in them like a garment. Because God is all present. He is present in everything. He doesn't 
speak through everything. But the Bible does say the heavens declare the glory of God. If you don't think God is real, just look up in the sky and let the sky talk to you. It declares that somebody that God made this. It didn't just happen on its own. Yeah, that's the most retarded thing you ever heard is what they talk Big Bang Theory. It's somehow some big noise just happened and, and everything came into shape. No, God created everything with his word. And he upholds it with his word. He said, uh, stars, come and wrap yourself around me. I need something to wear. And the stars wrap themselves around him and he wears stars like a garment. Parades himself around heaven. You ever notice how the, the stars and all those things move around? That's God moving them. That's his clothing that he wears and he just got up and stretched himself and these stars, and there you got to move them around. huh? He spins the earth, but we don't feel it. He's majestic. That's part of his majesty. He does things in a way nobody else can do. can't duplicate that. You can't call it some kind of noise or bang or something that happened. Man has a problem of thinking about God on his level instead of on God's level. When you exalt the Lord, you think about God on God's level for a change. It says in verse 3, it says he stretches out the heavens like a tent. He wears light like a garment. So that's his robe. And then he stretches out the heavens like a tent. So the sky and the clouds and all of that, that's his dwelling place. So he's just building a house for himself to live in when he created the heavens. No big thing. He just needs a place to live. And he says, and he lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. Now, if you're building a house, what are you looking for to build it on? You're looking for something solid. Well, it says here, God lays the beams of his house on water. So he's got like a floating house up there that's very stable. Don't bug him none. To lay his beams on water. Human beings don't do that. We're looking for concrete. We're looking for the sturdiest thing we can find. And then it still moves. You still see them cracks along the foundation. The foundation shifted. Huh? You can't build it stable enough. But God's the only one who can build him a dwelling place. Wrap himself in the stars. Put the beams on a cloud of water. And it's stable and it's right for him to dwell in. It don't bug him none. Huh? Don't bug him none. It says he rides. He makes the clouds his chariot. Ah, that's what's happening when you see clouds move. God just taking a ride. Huh? He's going out for a little drive in the afternoon. Huh? Some of them move faster than others. Some of them are stable for a long time. That's where his tent, that's where the beam of his tent is stabilized at. And then some of them are fast moving. He's going for a joy ride today. So we're going to let God be God and spread out his earth the way he wants to spread it out. There's stuff going on that we have no clue about. We're so worried about what somebody think about us and uh, how come I got rejected from that last. Ain't nobody, I, ain't my, nobody put, my, put a like beside my name on Facebook. Ain't nobody picked up my resume yet. And God's up there riding around on clouds ain't thinking about none of this stuff. 
and wonder what your problem is. It says he set the earth on its foundations. It cannot be moved. When God sets something in order, it's immovable. That's why he wants us to exalt him so he can get involved in our lives so he can stabilize us. So that our lives are immovable. Things that we can't control, God controls them. Put them over into his hands and they won't be moved. It says he makes his, he, I'm sorry, in verse 3, rides on a chariot, makes the, the wings, he rides on the wings of the wind. He makes the winds his messengers. He makes the winds his messengers. When you hear the wind howling outside of your door, what do you think? And pay attention to it. wonder what that is. You're trying to hear what God is saying. Huh? When the wind is silent, you're peaceful. Because you know you can go out and you can come back. You won't rain. You won't, you know, you don't have to dress for the occasion. God talks to us in the wind all the time. He talks to us. The wind is, is that, that, that wind that blows where it will. That's the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said that in John 3. He said it's the wind that blows where it listeth, as the King James, goes where it will. That wind came to visit 120 people in an upper room on the day of Pentecost. And it had blew in there and everybody got fire like cloven tongues. And the Bible says the fire is his messenger. Makes the winds his messengers. Flames of fire his servants. So God makes fire serve him. Those tongues on Pentecost like cloven tongues of fire were his servants that day. And they served up the power of God to all the people who were there in that room. So God talks to us through the elements. He has total control over them. He gets our attention in the wind. When we see a whirlwind, we run for cover, don't we? Because we know that it's out of control. And only God can make it stop. More people need to call on God when they see a whirlwind. Instead of running for cover and that's all and trying to hide from it. God can talk to that and make it stop for you. If you will allow God to do it. He's in control of all of the elements. They're never out of control as long as you can call on God. As long as God is alive, he can stop a whirlwind. He can stop a a tornado. He can stop a monsoon. All the people that are serving pagan gods and then when these things happen, they run for cover. If they would begin to call on God in his majesty and his splendor, he could bring things back into divine order. And he will. God created all things. He wears creation. He controls creation. He hides the clouds like he rides on clouds like chariots. And he speaks through the wind. The wind carries God's message. Sometimes the wind is a still small voice that speaks to us. We don't know where it comes from. Some people say, well, I I heard a, a voice say something. I didn't know if it was inside me or outside me. That's the wind of God speaking. He speaks to us through the wind. He says in verse 6, you covered the watery depths as with a garment the water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. 
They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to place to the place you assigned for them. Everything in the universe is in a place that God assigned to it. There's an assignment for everything he created. He said, you set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. And we know that. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. So you don't see creation, animals, being upset about where's the water. They know how to find it. They listen to God and he directs them to where it is. Huh? Now the Bible says we're worth more than many sparrows. You don't think he would direct us to provision if we would listen to him and follow him? You don't think he would direct us to the person that's right for us? If we would listen to him and follow him. You don't think he will put you in the right neighborhood where you need to be so your kids can get out of ghetto mentality schools and all that kind of nonsense. You know they're not learning anything. Or not learning to their maximum. Especially if they're Christians. But you don't know. You you don't have time to homeschool them. (laughs) So you got to get to the right place. So they can have the right education. Godly education. Have people over them with high moral values instead of these flakes we've got running around with. Master's degrees. Teaching children. How to fornicate and not tell their parents. You know, come and get some free birth control. If you, you, you don't have to be straight, you can be gay if you want to. I'll tell you that in schools. They got no right telling your children that. They have no right telling your children that. Those are your children. They don't have any right telling your children that. They have. Who are they to tell your children what they can be? You don't even have that right. You've got to find out what God's created them to be. Then when they messed up, they don't have anything to straighten them out with. Huh? Take them down to psychologists and give them an a alphabet. Assign an alphabet to them. Huh? And a pill. In fact, several pills. Or your child is A-D-D-H-G-F-K-L-M-N-O-P. We got some new stuff now. And we got a new pill for that. Huh? Many of the times when people are trying to, to, to get better off of this stuff... Only thing that's happening to them, their behavior gets better, and they think they're getting worse. It's withdrawal from all that medication that they've given them all those years. You got medicine floating around in you for ten, fifteen, and twenty years. What do you think your body's like? Then it's not the same thing as a vitamin. I don't care what they tell you. You don't need massive doses of vitamins. The word vitamin means vital in small amounts. This needs small amounts of vitamins for anything. You don't need massive doses of anything. You know, just massive doses of the love of God and the word of God poured into your children. That will straighten everybody up. 
created the, our friend uh, Pastor Yelena at the Russian church where we, you know, ministered and they came to conference and stuff. And she came over uh, uh, Saturday, one of our Saturday meetings, and brought her son with her and we prayed for him. She said, they say he's autistic. And I said, well, we'll pray for him. God doesn't have any autistic children. Uh, he didn't have any autistic children. She said at first he wouldn't, and, and he was there at the meeting and, you know, didn't like me. Oh, gee, I can't remember. You know what I'm saying. Sometimes they just push away, you know, rejection and stuff like that. And, you know, the devil puts all kinds of spirits on children. If you accept the diagnosis, that gives the invitation for more to come. Did you hear what I said? More comes when you accept the diagnosis. Um, just like, you know, if you go in there and they say, well, you got cancer. Oh, no, don't think so. Redeemed. And back away. Leave that right there in the doctor's office. Don't let it follow you. Don't let it come near you. Just walk away. And there won't be any more to come. You're either redeemed or you're not. Make up your mind. If you're redeemed, you don't receive that kind of stuff. You know, people say stuff, well, uh, you know, you can be sick. No, I can't. You can, but I can't. I don't have, I don't want it. No, thank you. There's something you can refuse. No, thank you. Just like you refuse wine, you refuse a lot of things. Put the water where it belongs. When you see floods... That's water going where it doesn't belong. God didn't put it there. And so you can rebuke a flood and make it go back where it came from. Huh? You know, there are all kinds of disturbances in the earth because of sin. When sin gets great enough, and it, 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 everything that's sown in this earth has an effect on this earth. It doesn't affect heaven, but it affects the earth. You petition heaven... So that the earth can come into line with what heaven wants it to be. Not the reverse. But when we sow so much sin and disobedience and iniquity in the earth, the earth vomits it back. It becomes contrary to us. And so you get these disturbances, floods and and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes you'll get storms, things of that nature. In Mark 4, why don't you go there real quickly. I'll give you an example of how God looks at a storm. And we get all upset about everything and watching the weather continually and believing in the weather. And I believe we have authority over any ill weather we don't want. You know, know, we've had power outages on our street. And I see the lights flicker. I say, well, no, you don't. In Jesus' name, you come back home. Boom. Every house on the street is dark, except our neighbor across the street. Now, he's, <laughs> he tends to share in what we have. But, but you know, it, every house will go dark except ours. Because I don't believe I'm supposed to be without light. I'm the light of the world. You understand me? The salt of the earth. Hello? Now, you do what you want to do at your house. And, and I know some of y'all think I think I'm all that. But, see, I exalt the Lord. I lift him up in the highest place in my life, and I'm drawing from his power. I'm just doing what a child of God is supposed to do. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't make any excuses for it. I'm I'm bold about it because then I'm confident in God. 
Because he's told me this is how I live. I don't live according to what goes on in the... I wouldn't be here if I lived according to that. Mark 4... In verse 35, it says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Now, I'm with Jesus. I believe I'm going to get to the other side. When he tells me I'm going to go somewhere, I believe I'm going to go there. And I believe I'm going to get there. I don't care what happens in between. It's the in-between happenings that get people upset. God tells you one thing. And immediately up pops the devil and tells you the opposite. Who are you going to believe? You have a choice as to who you believe. Why do you believe the devil so much? Believe God. He told you you way back when that he wanted you to serve him and he wanted you to preach the gospel. But all these in-between things happen and you think you can't do it no more. Well, that's a lie. He called you from the beginning. What did you care what happens in between? Does what happened in between negate what God told you at the beginning? He told you at the beginning that you were called to be born again. Why you let the devil stop you from feeling like you're supposed to be a Christian? You're supposed to live for God. That you're a righteous person. Why you let the devil tell you you're not that if God called called you from the beginning? So what happens first is... Will, will prevail if you believe it. And this is God's design. He wants to see what we believe. We all have the power of choice. We're made in God's image. He has the power of choice. We have the power to choose. He said choose life. Make it real simple. Just choose whatever pertains to life every day and you will live. And your children will live. And your grandchildren will live. If you choose life. So it's important what we choose to believe. So Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Took his whole posse with him in the boat. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. Different translations called it different things. A great storm. Makes it bigger than God almost. No storm is bigger than God. You understand me? In its proper perspective, this storm is under God's control. And he says, a furious squall came up. The waves broke over the boat. Oh, my. So that it was nearly swamped. You know, some people like drama. They just carry drama with them. And he says, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. You're going to ask him one day to make that cushion bigger so you can stay on there with him. You understand what I'm saying? You'll learn how to hide in the cleft of the rock. You have to go out there and be subject to all this nonsense. The disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care about us? That's the first thing we holler at God when we get ourselves in trouble. Now, Jesus wasn't in any trouble. What did he know? He knew he was going to make it to the other side. Everything that he says comes to pass, so he doesn't doubt his word. But he wonders why we do. Because we have the ability to believe just like 
He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, be quiet, be still. The wind died down. It was complete. He's just straightening out a family dispute. See, in God's eyes, he created the wind and the waves to live peacefully with one another. They're just having a little discussion, a little argument about who's going to push who around today. That's all a storm is to God. This is two of his kids having a fight, and he is to get up and straighten it out. In the same way, he looks at us in his image as having the ability to go straighten out the family dispute too. He tells the wind, stop doing that to the waves. You know better. I told you to be up there and be calm. Get up there and be calm like I told you. And he told the waves, quit listening to him. Quit letting him rile you up and get you all worked up. Now you're in a lather. Look at all that foam you got throwing it all up in the boat. Got everybody scared. What you doing that for? Sit down and be quiet. Now if you can laugh at that. And you can understand that's all to it. You can do the same thing with your bills. You can do the same thing with your children that want to go out and do wrong. You can do the same thing with anything that kicks up in your life. You can bring it right back into divine order by giving it what thus saith the Lord. The first miracle we ever experienced in this ministry was a miracle of the weather. Controlling the weather. It was contrary. You don't like it, that makes it contrary. You know, when you don't like something, that doesn't mean you think you all that. When you don't like something, you don't like it. You can tolerate it or you can put a stop to it. That's all I'm saying. You take your pick. You decide what you want to do about it. But me, myself, I'm not going to go around grumbling and complaining about anything. Not when God's given me authority over all the works of darkness. I said all the works of darkness. I don't care what the devil does. I don't care if it's stage 4, stage 5, stage 10, stage 22. He's given us authority over all the works of darkness and nothing shall by any means harm us. I mean nothing harm you. Put up with nonsense from the devil and Jesus took a beating for you. Humiliated. Stripped naked, paraded through the streets. Soldiers, people he created, slapped him around, made fun of him. You think that was good for him? And we sit up here and let the devil do the same thing for us? I don't think so. He took it so we don't have to take it. If you take it, you're not doing him justice. You're not appreciating what he did. When you exalt the Lord, you bring Jesus high in majesty. And you tell him, I appreciate what you did for me, Lord. Help me to understand how to fight this disease with your word. Help me to understand how to rebuke this spirit that keeps attacking me and telling me I'm worthless and I don't mean anything to anybody. Help me to get myself to the place that you died for me to be. Put up with nonsense from the devil. I have to fight the devil on the same level y'all do. Is everyday life. And then ministry. And then some. You understand me? We're all in the same fight together. Quit looking at me like I just dropped out of the sky. Huh? I'm serious. Everybody in here has a need for God. Trust me. 
This is how you work with him. You take him at his word. You quit being lazy and whining and complaining to everybody and trying to pretend like God ain't your friend and you don't, you know. Get it together. Exalt the Lord. Lift him up. You'll get a better perspective of who you are when you put God in his rightful place. We kind of keep God in a, a, a vacuum somewhere in your pocket where you can pull him out in case you, in case of emergency, pull out God. Huh? He's not like that. He don't fit in that place. You've got to exalt him and lift him up and live in obedience to him. He's not some genie you can pull out, you know, anytime you think you need something. He's a God to be worshipped and adored. He's a majestic God. He's full of majesty. Full of majesty. So God set the waters where they're supposed to be. They're not to move any further than where he set them. Verse 14, he makes grass grow for cattle. Not people. I don't care how much juice in y'all. Come on now. Y'all don't even like that stuff. You be happy until the green stuff comes out and you got to throw that in there. Huh? Quit punishing yourself. The Bible says God gave us all things freely to enjoy. He didn't give you food for punishment. He made it taste good so you want to eat it so you stay alive. Let's quit being crazy. Now, you got to govern yourself. You can't have excesses of everything. You can't go to McDonald's every day. Go to the grocery store and get some food and learn how to cook it. You know, it's a sad day when we got to have a whole channel devoted to showing people how to cook. Your mama used to, that's what your mama is for, to teach you how to cook. If you quit fasting around everything and, when I get mama, I won't come in there, mama. Where was I? He made the grass to grow for who? You're not a cow. Okay. I mean, seriously, you got to tell some people that kind of stuff because there's some crazy people out here. And they on television trying to tell you how to live. Huh? On there, you know, uh, 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 everything's insanity now. You can never do nothing. You know, I, I like, I, I decided I was not going to let myself deteriorate and get weak physically. So I got me a little, you know, toner thing. You know, you throw it over the, between the closet door hinge and yank on it. You know, I do me 20 reps, 40 reps, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever the situation calls for. You know what I'm saying? And then I turn on TV and it's insanity. See, what I'm doing is sane. What I'm doing is somebody, something, somebody my age with my needs can do. I don't want to go insanity and get the DVD and be sitting up there and, you know, move something too quick. You know what I'm saying is only certain, certain people can get insanity. Everybody, that ain't for everybody. I know it's not for me. But see, automatically, they reject you and your level of, you know, you doing your little thing at your level, but that ain't good enough. It's got to get insane before you can. Everything's insanity anymore. He made the grass grow for 
cattle, cows, and plants for people to cultivate. In other words, he lets us get in on the action too, but he don't want you down there eating the grass where the cows eat. Somebody finally got it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you can look, that stuff comes on your TV and you watch it and it, you think it passes through. But how many people been eat drinking green juice? Don't put your hands up, but you know who you are. I ain't talking to hear myself talk. Y'all cut that stuff out. You know, you go to McDonald's and tank up on all the fries and milkshakes and then want to come punish yourself with the, the uh, cream kale. Listen, I worked in a nursing home. And them people who can't fix their own meals won't drink. Them, them elderly people go look at you and go, <laughs> right in your face. Insure? They've been quit giving it to nursing home people. That's why they got able-bodied Cubans drinking it now. They never drank that stuff. We've had cartons of it sitting up in the corner. Doctor said, give them some insure. You give it to them. <laughs> drinking that stuff. We tell the family, bring them something from home. Then all of a sudden they start permitting it to happen. They're doing it anyway. It's either that or let them starve to death. People ain't crazy. I don't care how old we get. We're not crazy. Not again. Whatever. (laughs) He says, bring food forth from the earth. You cultivate it. You bring food forth, not grass. Food is for humans. Yes, people. Grass is for... Getting somewhere. Wine gladdens the human heart. Y'all all know about that. So this ain't new to you. That means God sees you drinking that wine. Huh? As long as you don't get hooked on it for your gladness. And oil to make their faces shine. Hebrew people put oil on their hair and on their skin. That's a normal thing. Huh? You know, uh, African American people, we got to get a grip on ourselves. You know, we we get our little Vaseline out and grease ourselves up, and we think we're wrong. You're just doing what the Bible says. God said, put some Vaseline, some oil, some grease, whatever, and grease yourself up so you can shine. Well, I don't use those, um, you know, my mother and them, uh, we grew up on that stuff. But you know what I use now? I use Clinique. <laughs> you better get some grease on that. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know, it's people making money off of us with a high class name and putting grease right in. That uh, Adrian Arpel, that lady that came... Move her face no more. Right, just, right, yes, yep, yep. She get on there in a heartbeat and sell ten thousand of them little vials of stuff. She said, "Well, you know, sometimes there are certain races of people that consider ashiness." She said, "This is for that." In other words, brothers and sisters, get get it out there. Twenty bucks, see, when you can go get that tube of cocoa butter and do the same thing. 
I saw that stuff take scars off a girl's face. She had been, remember Tippy was in that fight with somebody, they scratched her face all up. And she, her mother put cocoa butter on her face, was smooth like a baby, like in three weeks. Oh, but wait a minute. You know, that's a natural product. I don't care what you call it. Go get that little greasy tube and go start oiling yourself up so you can shine. God says you're supposed to shine. And bread that sustains their hearts. Huh? Bread that sustains their hearts. Bread that sustains their hearts. Oh, well, we can't have that because we're doing Atkins. And you know you can't have it raises your sugar. You go have a good sugar, but your heart going to be weak. Didn't it say, what's your Bible say? What does it say about bread in yours? It sustains your heart, right? That's okay. I don't care. What does yours say? What is it bread? Bread sustains your heart. Bread sustains. This is the new interesting version. Huh? It strengthens your heart. Huh? We better start reading our Bibles, folks. Because there's people running around here with heart disease on these high-protein diets. Well, we can't have that. It raises your sugar. Well, don't eat so much of it. I'll tell you what. Go one better. Bless it before you throw it down your throat. You go to McDonald's, you ain't blessing nothing. That's why they're killing everybody in them drive throughs Huh? I was looking at that, my 600-pound life. Not mine, but... <laughs> We ain't, there. we ain't going there. We got an antidote for that. It's called, well, I'm going to go there. But anyway. But they be in a drive-thru. See? And because they don't go inside and eat, they think nobody knows. And they get bigger and bigger and sitting closer and closer to the steering wheel every time they go through the... I'm telling you, drive-thrus, drive-thrus are killing people. You finally got it, didn't you? <laughs> oh, little Howard laughs. That means it's about time. Huh? To have everybody laugh. But they are. Let me tell you one of the problems with a drive-thru. Number one, you don't share a meal with anybody. If you can keep covenant and you can share with someone the way God intended for us to live, hospitality. It's number one ministry. Missing. You go to drive through, you get what you want as much as you want. Nobody tells you. You know, parents are supposed to govern their children at the dinner table, not just their manners, their intake. Make sure they eat the right foods in the right amount. Huh? So that they grow up healthy and strong. You should care about that. You understand what I'm saying? And make provision for the family to gather together. What else can you find out at the dinner table? A whole lot of stuff you didn't know was going on. People get comfortable, start eating. What went on at school today, honey? Well, mama... Mama really actually a confession time. 
Huh? That dinner table is the confessional. Huh? Everybody come clean under those circumstances. Food is not just something to put in your mouth. It's a, a situation that God creates to share with people. Amen? So that they can partake one with another and have fellowship one with another. We have our fellowship meals here. We don't, we don't do carry out. We have fellowship. Amen? You do carry out all the time. We, we, don't, we don't set it up for that. But there are some people that get angry because we don't let them carry out. They never show up anymore. It's sad. Because that fellowship is something everybody desperately needs. You understand? We all desperately need that. It's what God's ordained for us. And so he, he says here that, that God, the bread sustains your heart. Hmm? Don't let butter, too much butter, kill it. You understand what I'm saying? But have your bread. Huh? Why well, I just eat mostly whole grain. I don't care what it is. Just have some bread. You understand what I'm saying? It's good for you. It's nourishing for you. Nourishing for you. Just don't do it to excess. He says, the trees of the Lord are well watered. The cedars of Lebanon he planted. God provides water for everything that's planted in the earth. And you don't see where the source of the water comes from. Huh? It's the same way with us. He's made extreme provision for all of us. We just can't see it. Our problem is we want to see before we believe. Instead of believing God first, take him at his word and then it will appear. You've got to believe God and act accordingly. He says the birds make their nest. The stork has its home in the junipers. In other words, God has a home for everything he created. He has a home for you and for me. He has a home ordained for us to dwell in. He's got a place for everybody. You're not homeless. You're not without uh, a family. You're not without love. You're not without uh, help. I was talking to somebody that uh, had a death in their family recently. And they were saying, I'm so glad to get back to church. My real family. You understand what I'm saying? This is your eternal family. You better start loving on your brothers and sisters. Huh? You know, you need to go to somebody that that you've been at odds with and just make friends. Tell them, you know what, Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. Because you really don't. But I've been disliking you or I'm still mad at something you did and I should have forgiven you a long time ago. We need to do that. You understand what I'm saying? Before you leave here today, do that with somebody that you know you need to do it with. You know, I'm, don't make up nothing. You know what I'm saying? But people get all turned around. You know, who do I think about? If nobody comes to your mind, it ain't you. And don't go ball nobody out so you have something to do. Just chill. It says he made the moon to mark the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. Why? God tells him. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. God's smart enough to cause lions to get hungry and hunt in the dark. And then he causes us to appreciate the light and we can go out in the light and not get devoured. He gets all that stuff... Where that gets messed up is these people that, that go out and hunt for wild animals and try to get them and pin them up somewhere yes. for our amusement yes. in their pocketbooks. 
He said the sun rises and they steal away. So when the sun comes up, they go somewhere and hide. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out and do their work in safety without being harmed. God orchestrates all of this, folks. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There's a sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. Their ships go to and fro. And Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. So there's a sea creature that's not been seen yet. Know the Loch Ness Monster? He real. Huh? God created him. He says the creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open their hand, they are satisfied with good things. That's us, folks. He satisfies our mouths with good things. In other words, you can be satisfied with things that are good for you. You don't have to punish yourself eating grass and juicing and all that kind of You can be satisfied with things that are good for you. You know, I used to ask God to do that. I find myself, I like to keep snacks everywhere. It's like I'm going to pass out or something if I don't get a, you know what I'm saying, a little piece of caramel or something like that. Just any jelly bean and I don't know where that comes from, but that thing needs to quit. And I would tell God, I said, God, just satisfy. Make me satisfied with things that are good for me. You know, I don't need to be eating a little dope of sugar every, you know, two or three seconds or whatever and. And so he gave me a love for fruit. If I could remember to keep fruit around and not do that and choose that first, you know, I'd be sailing fine. You know what I'm saying? You forget sometimes. But, in fact, there's hardly anything I don't like, so I'll put it to you that way. But, you know, getting moderation. That's what you got to do. Holy Spirit is there to do that. He says, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. Amen. May his glory endure. I will sing praise of my God as long as I live. As long as you live, praise God. Don't let anybody take that away from you. When you exalt the Lord, you put him in his right place and everything else falls in line after that. That's why he demands a covenant of worship from us. He demands it so that our lives will go right. Amen. Until you worship God, until you exalt him and put him in his rightful place, nothing goes right in your life or anywhere else. This is very important. If we can begin our day by lifting him up, blessing his name, praising him, exalting him as the most high God, I guarantee you your days will go better and better and better, increasing, increasing over time. Amen. Why don't we stand up? We're going to exalt the Lord before we go. We're going to do our spiritual exercise. It wouldn't make sense to just sit here and talk to y'all and then not demonstrate and you demonstrate what we're talking about. Every one of you that can pray in tongues, do it. If you want to talk to God yourself in English, do that. But Father, we exalt you. We lift you up. We bless you. We praise your holy name. You alone, Lord, are worthy to be praised and exalted. You alone, God, are holy. You make no mistakes. Lord, we thank you. We will bless you at all times. Your praise shall continually be in our mouths. We exalt you. We extol you. We lift you up into the highest place, Father. We place you on the throne of the universe where you rightfully belong, Lord. We place all matters under your feet. We place ourselves under your feet. We place our needs under your feet. We place our fears under your feet.
And Father, we thank you that as we sit by your side and as we minister to you and as we exalt you and extol you and lift you up, Lord, that we are elevated into a higher place, Lord. We thank you that as we give to you, you give back to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are high and lifted up. Your train fills the temple. Your glory is in this place. You are exalted above all gods. All the other gods are merely wood and stone, but you, God, are alive. You dwell in the midst of the praises of your people. You are exalted in your majesty, Lord. We thank you. We bless you and we praise you. We magnify you, Lord. We lift you up to the highest place. Father, we put aside everything that concerns us. We put aside everything that is not right in our lives. We put aside everything, all of our misgivings and our faults. And we exalt you. We extol you. You are good and your mercy endures forever. You are the righteous one. You are high and lifted up. You are exalted in this place. You are exalted high above the earth. The earth is your footstool. Heaven is your throne. We thank you, Lord, that you invite us to your throne of grace. We find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Father, we need you more than we need our very breath, Lord. We thank you for waking us this morning, giving us life, giving us a sound mind, giving us peace, giving us everything that we need. We're not afraid of anything. We're not afraid of anybody. We're not afraid to run into anybody. Father, we we will greet all men as friends. We have no enemies here on this earth, and we thank you for that, Father. That as we submit to you, all of our enemies become at peace with us. And we love you for that, Lord. That we dwell in peace and safety. Father, we thank you for the secret place of the Most High. We thank you, Lord, that we can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We don't have to face everything. We don't have to confront everything. But we can live in peace and harmony in this earth. And we thank you for that. We exalt you, O God. We thank you, Lord. You wrap the stars around you as a garment, Lord. Light is your garment. We thank you for that. We thank you that it gives us light and it gives us peace. It gives us vision. It gives us ability. We thank you, Lord, for your strength in us. We thank you, Lord, for your wisdom in us. We thank you, Lord, for your power in us. We thank you, Lord, that goodness dwells in us. We thank you, Lord, that you dwell in us. In the midst of your people, Lord, that you are in us because we've invited you in. And we worship you, Lord. We extol you. We exalt you. You are high and lifted up. You are high and lifted up. Your glory fills this place. You are high and lifted up. You are high and lifted up. Your glory fills this place, O God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Oh, we magnify you. Oh, we pray. I didn't tell you all to stop. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Go beyond the place where your mind tells you. Make your soul bless the Lord. Soul magnify the Lord. Soul bless his name. Magnify the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We praise your holy name. 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 
Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We lift you up. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We bless Oh Lord, Most High, we bless your praise, your holy name. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are high and lifted up. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. We praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. We praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Praise ye the 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 Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you and lift you up. 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 You're worthy to be praised and adored. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We lift you up. Hallelujah. We praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. 
praise your holy name. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise your holy name. Praise the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Kurandaria Shia Handaya. Kurata Shia Handaria Sikiri Andaria. Kurandaria Kurabosia Handaria Sikiri Andaria. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Kurandaria Shia Handaya. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We lift you up. 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 You're worthy to be praised. 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 Worthy, 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 worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Now, how many of you, be honest with yourself, you don't have to tell me nothing. See, you did this with no mood music, didn't you? We didn't have to put on your favorite jam so you could. But how many of you felt to stop and you pushed yourself? So you just did Psalm 104.1. Make your soul bless the Lord. So bless God. You bless God. You can bless God. You bless him. And you make your soul bless God. And put God on his rightful place in your life. And everything else follows suit. Your soul begins to think the goodness of God. What am I worried about? Huh? Isn't that what the psalmist said? Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Why do I have tormenting thoughts? Why do I have thoughts of discouragement, depression? He said, hope thou in God. Put your hope in God. And I will yet praise him. Even though I don't feel, I can yet praise him. I can command my soul to bless the Lord. Anytime. Anytime you feel discouraged and troubled. I'm not against altar calls. I do them all the time because people need help. That's what I'm here for. But there are things that you can do yourself to bless the Lord and put things in proper perspective. And when you come to the altar, you get blessed. And we know that it's going to happen because you've done, as your girl Iana says, you've done the work. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Now, everybody knows that, right? Well, there's work, spiritual work you must do. You must command your soul to bless God. That's what he gave you a soul for. It's to put him in there so he can straighten you out and straighten your things out that you need straightened out. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us to bless you so you can put things in their rightful place in our lives. We will bless you at all times. Your praise shall continually be in our mouths. And we thank you. It's an honor and a privilege that we can set our lives in order by blessing you. So simple. And we thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Bless this time of fellowship we have one with another. Bless our bread and our water. 
take sickness from the midst of us, and we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, come up, I'll pray for you. Little Howard, put on some mood music, no, no, put on some, put on some worship music on, and there is worship music too, you know, praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up, praise God.